Welcome to the Forward Talks podcast. Today we'll drill into the grassroots level of service design. Service design is all about doing, building things and communicating things. Discover with us what service design is concretely and how to use it from strategy building to individual product development. Your host is Petri Lakka from Valmet Corporation and he'll be hosting today's discussion. With Petri, we have three professionals to share their experiences and knowledge of this topic. First, Mikael Leppä, head of design from the Norwegian state energy company Equinor, representing a peer industry approach in this discussion. We also have Suvi Helen, a design professional from an outcome-focused digital transformation company called Futurize. And then we have Katri Tapola, operations development manager from Valmet. All our guests have a thorough experience of hands-on service design projects. Let's get started. Hey Suvi and Katri, good to be here today with, with you. We have interesting topics to discuss, service design. But before, before two weeks ago, I had a very good discussion with uh, uh, Mikael Leppä from Equinor in Norway. And he knows quite much about the... Uh, service design. So so let's uh, listen first this uh, interview. Hi, Mika. Do you have a minute for me? Hey, Petri, of course. No worries. I would like to discuss service design topic uh, as I'm a bit lost with uh, terminologies and, uh, and definition in this field. We have a lot of discussion about this topic uh, in, in our company, and I have heard quite much uh, well interest in, in this field. And I know that you have, a, you have a strong background about service design. Thank you. Mm. No, you, you are not the only one uh, asking, and, and indeed, <laughs> I've been uh, struggling with, with uh, defining that myself as well, but uh, maybe I have some ideas. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, so, sorry to say that we are now start from the scratch. And, and yeah. uh, basically, my, my question is that, uh, uh, that uh, what this service design is all about? Can, can you a little bit kind of open that topic that uh, what we are talking about in, when we are talking about service mm-hmm. design? Okay, so uh, what I, I would really like to start with is uh, uh, that service design is all about doing rather than thinking and talking about it. So it's uh, hands-on. and uh, do uh, things, build things, communicate things. Don't just sit around and uh, think about doing it. Uh, and uh, what I really like about service design as a, as a framework, it's, it's really great uh, at promoting these creative ways of communicating your ideas. So uh, service design is by definition cross-functional. You bring in the, the right uh, knowledge and expertise at the right time. So it breaks the silos in the organization. And uh, the reason for uh, bringing in that expertise is to find the right balance uh, in the solution you are building. So we like to discuss that we need to find the right balance between feasibility, viability, and desirability in any solution that we are uh, working on. So uh, service designers are really good at uh, facilitating and also giving the participants uh, maybe the space and the license to explore uh, creative solutions that they wouldn't otherwise have uh, come up with. I would say it's a catalyst in many ways. It's a, it's a 
method uh, bringing out hopefully the best in people and in organizations and uh, uh, enabling positive change in many ways. Uh, so uh, it can be very strategic or it can be very mundane and uh, work on on smaller development. But uh, to come back to the original topic, it's about doing rather than talking. Yeah. I I was thinking a little bit that uh, that uh, how do you in in Equinor uh, using the service design do you have any any example which helps me actually to a little bit uh, understand what you, yeah. you said earlier so anything concrete from the Equinor side that uh, you are using it well we are using it in in quite a lot of uh, different things uh, from strategy building to individual product development uh and um yeah it's uh, uh often the case that we use service design methodology to understand where we are so mapping out the as is situation in order to be able to then build on that and envision what we want to be in the future so uh starting from understanding where we are finding out uh, what are the pain points and, and uh, needs in, in the current situation, and then using the methodologies within service design to design our way to a better future. Mm. What do you think? I have quite much thinking about it, that, uh, which is maybe because I'm a pragmatic engineer, uh, that uh, mm. where to locate the service design we have a engineering organization we have a department mm. for that we have a r&d we have a marketing we have a sales of course we have a management as well so uh, is this something that we can locate the service design into the, those functions specifically or is it just yeah. thinking that it goes across how, how do you see it uh, so I've uh, had the pleasure of, of building uh, design functions in a couple of large corporations, and I've consulted on the topic in, in quite a few companies. And uh, very often you you have the stage where you have a dedicated design team or, or a design function as a uh, consultant in the company, sort of helping all the other functions. And, and that's a great uh, uh, achievement and a great... Uh, kind of intermediate step, but I don't see that as the end goal. I think uh, designers uh, can achieve success and help the organization better if they are embedded uh, for a long time in the functions that they are helping. So uh, as uh, you wouldn't ask for a generic engineer to join your team, you would ask for a specific skill set within engineering. I would also look for uh, designers with specific skill sets and uh, knowledge that support that specific area of development rather than have a generic pool of designers. But uh, often the corporations and uh, companies develop that with the dedicated design team as a interim step. And then from there, the designers kind of spread out in the organization. And I'd like to add one more uh, kind of interesting experience I had in one company which actually placed uh, design in HR, because uh, okay. as in, in in many cases, design is also a transformation facilitator. So they felt that the cultural contribution of designers was uh, important enough that uh, it was uh, part of the company transformation effort 
to keep uh, designers as a uh, HR kind of uh, allegiance or, or support and, and through there help the product development and other organizational development. That's interesting for you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, if you're talking about that, even the HR is, can be mm-hmm. somehow involved in this. Yeah. Hey, uh, the, the one thing also what came to my mind is this uh, here, talking about quite much uh, this uh, life cycle uh, thinking is, is, is relatively kind of a uh, much discussed in our organizations. I think that not only our, our company, but also the other companies. Uh, uh, how do you see, is this service design some kind of a tool for, uh, let's say, strengthen the, the life cycle thinking in, 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 in companies? Uh, definitely. Uh, if, if we look at uh, the process of service design, you can't uh, really do it uh, without covering the life cycle of the solution that you are designing. And often that already starts in the discovery phase when the designers are observing and interviewing and, and uh, looking at what is the current state. Uh, and uh, we have uh, many uh, experiences and, and examples where we have seen how the current solutions are used and abused. And through that, we learn uh, what works and what doesn't. And, and we bring in those insights then into the development work. Uh, so that already forces us to to kind of think of what will happen once this uh, thing that we are making is out there in the world. Uh, and I won't go into specific projects, maybe, but I want to highlight one tool in the in the toolbox of, of service design or one methodology uh, that uh, I find really helpful in, in looking at the life cycle. And that tool is called the service blueprint, uh, which is mapping out the, the timeline of the of the product uh, or, or solution and and looking at all the related uh, front stage and backstage activities uh, that are required to make it a success. Uh, with my colleagues, we have been joking that that is the one tool that probably has saved us the most money because that is usually where you catch the expensive integrations and uh, support functions and other mistakes that you otherwise might might overlook. So uh, of course it requires the full process around it, but that single tool, the service blueprint is, is quite powerful in this context. So did you say service blueprint? Yes. Yeah, that's a new new t- terminology mm-hmm. for me. No, it's a, yeah. One additional. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's quite um, labor intensive, but uh, it usually pays itself back quickly. You are busy, but I still have a one one question for mm-hmm. you that uh, quite much uh, also discussed uh, in these forums when, when we discussing the service design. Is this something magic tool that can change the uh, the business models, business processes, and even the company cultures? What What do you think? Is that uh, too, too far already? I, I, I would love to say it's magic, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's it's uh, quite uh, pragmatic, uh, uh, and in essence, it's uh, it can uh, seem quite. Uh, radical and uh, uh, yeah, uh, high impact in, in many cases. It's often a bit contradictory to, to our current uh, traditional uh, management models when you hand over a bit of authority to the process itself. 
as to what you should be developing. But it's really not rocket science. And I've been uh, over the last five, six years uh, teaching design in, in corporations. And uh, one realization I have had from talking with non-designers is that they do a lot of this already, but it's not maybe structured. So what service design brings is the process and structure into the into the things that are already being done here and there in the company. Uh, but uh, you don't need to be a certified uh, uh, secret handshake uh, owning designer to, to be able to do these things. That's for sure, as long as you uh, keep the process in mind and, and uh, follow that rather than the plan, because the plan always changes <laughs> as you go along. Uh, but uh, but no, the the keyword is really uh, communication again. So so I mentioned that in the beginning. So find ways to communicate what you are thinking about, what you are planning to do, and uh, communicate that to to the experts who have the subject matter knowledge, and uh, get their input, refine it with real world evidence. And uh, I think that's the biggest hurdle for many is to dare to put out half-baked early ideas for critique. Uh, but once you get over that hill, uh, the magic maybe starts to happen. <laughs> okay, let's let's paint that then. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey uh, thanks, Mika, for, your, for, for these valuable comments. And uh, I, I think that I, now I have uh, more to think in my toolbox to go ahead with this service design thinking also. In, in our our industry and our company. Thank you very much for Thank your you. time and uh, have a nice day in, in Norway. Yes, hard as we say here. So, uh, Suvi, what kind of thoughts you, did you get from Mika's comments? Oh, thank you for asking. It was really good to interview with Mikael and I. There are many of things I totally agree. I start with the doing part. He nicely highlighted that we are doers, not we are also thinkers, but also doers. And he mentioned the facilitation, which is our main tool or or skill. But I want to highlight that um, we do not only facilitate stuff, but we are also we, the service designers, are responsible for creating the solutions, uh, which are to do with service experiences for customers and the employers. Also, what about you, Katri? I found it really inspiring and fascinating. Like said, uh, like Mikael said, it's not like rocket science that they are doing, but it's uh, in a way we are doing it in our daily life already. We just don't know it. And uh, service design gives the process and structure to our way of working. And it helps us to innovate and uh, try more new things on iterative level. He mentioned this catalyst. I, I like the idea, catalyst something. Uh, typically, what, what we are seeing in the business is that we definitely, every now and then, we need to, some kind of catalyst to boost our businesses further. Same also the, that it's a magic tool. How, how do you see this service design? Is it a magic tool or just a, kind of some, some standard thing that we are doing anyway, daily? 
for me, I see uh, service design as an enabler. I think it needs to be there to get things right, but I also see it as an insurance. When we talk about change management uh, or innovating new things, service design mindset and the methods and tools we use, I think they are here to to be the safety net that we are creating the value. I always think uh uh, like to think that creating value to business and and for the customers is is in the core of service design. So in that way, I think it is an insurance that we are always keeping our, our eyes on the target that is the value what mm. we create. Mm-hmm. Mm. How do you see? I'm in, I'm on similar path there. Like uh, it's it's a booster for for us for sure, and in a way that it maps the whole chain from end to end processes. And those tools help us to find the root causes, the pain points, and it keeps always the customer in the center there. And uh, by describing the added value, what we can bring to them. And we are talking about the kind of a uh, customer journey mapping mm, as a yes. part of the service design. Uh, if I remember right, Katri, you have some experience uh, recently to do that kind of a uh, mapping in, in your organization or, or your business. So c- can you describe a little bit, uh, what did you do? Yeah, we did this kind of uh, branding, branding customer journey. And at the same time, we we, uh, we did this blueprint that Mikael talked about. So where we mapped all those backstage actions and where we uh, highlighted the customer value. And I the, we we had a designer doing this. Actually, she she's a, she was at that time a thesis worker, and um, the end result of the of the customer journey was really uh, fascinating. While it showed the visual way of of doing things, and I think that is the thing that we miss here uh, here in the industrial companies. Mm-hmm. So we need anything to add? Yes, that is an actual, actually, really good point. I think service designers, whether we are visual or or service designers, we tend to make our outputs as visual as possible, and then those are our outputs are very, when they are visual, easy for humans to understand and and. Yeah, understand and reflect. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In, instead of full text PowerPoints, yeah. then making the same content to more visual that it's um, appealing and understandable. But what you said about the customer journeys and what Mikael talked about the service blueprints—they are like like the same, but the service blueprints adds on in in the bottom of the picture how the how the uh, company produces the service. And they are really similar to process modeling, but the main difference is is in the whose perspective we are describing the process. Mm, exactly. And in service design, customer journeys and service blueprints, it is always the desired customer journey a client wants to have. And then we adapt our business and our uh, ways of producing the service according to the customer need, not the other way around. Is it important to have also customer involved in this service design? Uh-huh. Yes, that is, yeah. The ma- yeah, that is the core, core thing that we uh, systematically understand the customer needs and Katri mentioned pain points and end goals. And then also going, when we gather first the insight that what the customers want, then when, when we want to go back to customers regularly. When we do something, we test with customers. We validate our thinking, our solutions with them. 
in order to get things right. That's why I earlier mentioned that it is a, some uh, sort of a insurance that we are doing things right. Mm. How was the custom involved involved in in your cases when you run the uh, run that uh, development project in in your your business? Uh, in that case, uh, the mm. customer wasn't so much involved okay. there, but uh, we we mapped the customer values there, and uh, we focused more on the backstage actions because the lifecycle management is an important issue. And I think with service design tools, you can you can uh, have more structured way to show how the Uh, how the life cycle management should work or what would be the workflow there. How do you see both? This is now for the both. Uh, how do you see which one is uh, more complex thing? The service design itself or the implementation of the results of the design? This is a bit a kind of a loaded question because I have my strong own feeling about it, but how, how do you see it? So we, mm. you... I'd say the implementation part. <laughs> Definitely, because um, plans are easy to do, yeah. m- more easier. But how to get the change happen? Mm. It, it's it's more difficult. Mm. Yeah, it's a hard work to do the blueprint and map those map those pain points. But the implementation is the key there. That how the management is engaged, how all the personnel is engaged. Um, I think that is the that is the hardest thing mm, but mm. but having those visual outputs that designers do i think uh, they help us and the management to see where we should go so the visualization is somehow the key thing that the people really kind of uh, understand the the uh, kind of a journey or, or, or kind of flow of things through this kind of visualization So the text text format is something that people are st- a bit boring to read those, and maybe the understanding is slightly kind of a weak after the reading the uh, word document, as an example. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, the findings that uh, we did with the branding issue was like lots of wow effects that because people were seeing uh, the output. And not hearing it, but also seeing it. How, how did you see this HR involvement? There was a, yeah, Mika mentioned this, uh, that HR even can be some kind of a yeah, forum for, for service design. Suvi, do you have any experience of, of this kind of a, yeah? <laughs> I, I know my colleagues have been involved in that, yeah. me personally, no. But when we are talking about creating employer experience, then I think the HR is a key factor there because uh, whatever experience we are creating, client or or employer, then there are humans involved. Mm. So uh, every every time there's humans involved, service design thinking and methodology is is uh, usable there. Mm. And the one, one thing what... Uh... I have a uh, on my mind when I, I discussed with uh, with the Mikael was this. Uh, I I tried to clarify clarify for myself is that where should this uh, designer uh, to be located in the organization? Should they be as uh, as uh, Mikael said that there can be 
maybe two options, pool of the designers somewhere that help the organizations across the company or then that we have a uh, kind of a stars here and there in the organization who is helping them uh, to, to, to kind of uh, implement the service design thinking. Uh, what is your opinion? Uh, should we have a pool of people in one, under the one organization or should it be kind of a scattered this kind of a expertise around the, 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 the company? I think there isn't <coughs> a one-size-fits-for-all situation. I think it highly depends on the majority of the organization to to use design to create experiences and it it depends on the size of the organization how complex it is but i really liked michael's think, thinking there that first it, it is a good idea to have a centralized design let's say community and then when when the majority um is better than to implement service design or design whatever in in different parts of the organization but whether whatever the structure is uh designers need other designers because we tend to be quite alone in our field so there needs to be some kind of matrix um you know structure that where designers can learn from each other if they are in different parts of the organization do you have any any statistics or few where we are standing with these kind of designers in different industries uh, can, can that be even uh, be the question for you but uh, how, how do you see that uh, do we have enough designers in the industry like in the where we are right like in Valomet uh, other industries how, how do you see that are are we in in healthy situation overall in the industry or where we are standing with Maybe I start and then yeah. Katri can, yeah. can continue. I don't have any uh, official statistics, but my gut feeling is that uh, startups, they have uh, built-in service design thinking that when always there's a startup, they they think like service designers. And when we are talk about um, uh, B2C industries, like let's say retail and banking, the situation is quite good. But unfortunately, in my experience, when we are in B2B and, and the, the harder the industry is, the less designers there is. Okay. Do, you, do you see? Uh, I, I, yes, I, I agree, at least in our big industrial company, Valmet. So uh, there could be more designers or design thinkers. I'm not saying that they all should be designers, but uh, this design thinking method, methodology should be embedded more, I would say. It's a cultural thing or a mindset or just because we haven't seen that as important or what is the reason that uh, like a startups, you say that startups, it's almost like a built-in Mm. I'd say design. it's a both. It's uh, like uh, bottom up and, and top down. Uh, the organization needs to have the top management, uh, you know, it needs to be there on their agendas and, and then KPIs, how to follow and such like that. But I think the the real magic happens on the day-to-day level where people operate, that there is, the Katri said, the mindset, not maybe designers need it, but the mindset that individuals are interested in uh, customers' problems. They are interested in collaboration. They are, like, curious towards the customer problem. 
And then the other really important point is to create the initial solutions, that they are uh, rough and they can be tested uh, without them being perfect. You know, putting your yourself and your, your output there to, to validate with customers. So that is like ev- um, every individual's responsibility to open up the thinking. So mm. we have something to learn. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. Yeah. I think so, especially like uh, in service side where the life cycle management is really important and the digitalization is coming now. It's a, We are taking like huge leaps there. So everything needs to be in place. So it's not anymore that we have uh, life cycle management, that, but that needs to be structured way in place. So there I would say service design is needed. That's a huge kind of a step from process type of thinking to the kind of a life cycle thinking. It's a, it's a kind of a step which is not a small one for for many of us, I would say. Mm. Hey, uh, let's talk about money. Uh, one of the favorite chapters always that how we turn this uh, service uh, design uh, to the monetary value. Is there any kind of a shortcut for success with the, with the service design? So we could you yes I, I can yeah. I don't know if there are shortcuts, <laughs> but there are like uh five key things that are actually proven um to um eventually end up b- below the line, so to speak first is the internal alignment that there is a um shared understanding of the client need uh, the importance of it, and then the process how to you know uh I- improve the customers. Um, situation. Then there is um, time, which um, leads to savings. Uh, more in, uh, increased go-to-market time, it is obvious, when we have the solutions right more rapidly, then we can go to market faster. And then there's, of course, the savings. When we uh, service design uh, utilizes lean principles, so then we are able to, you know, save the waste so to speak and then there is the relevance and the fifth is is the market position that um utilizing service design thinking and methods we are able to you know renew our business to keep ourselves uh in the top of minds of customers and in that either uh, maintain our market position or uh, maybe go to new to do new markets okay is it almost like the same that uh a relevant kind of a, a comparison with uh, with your kind of a, what did you say was that uh, if you have a two let's say two restaurants close each others they have a uh, they have a same meal they are serving same meals they have a same price maybe uh, and the difference uh, is maybe between that how they have done the service design that's a way to get the more people in to that specific restaurant. Is it so that that, that that's the way to be successful and, and competitive in the market, to using service design wise way? Yeah, I, yeah. I like the example. Yeah. And I've often asked that why do people talk about service design or design thinking in this time? And that is precisely the thing what you des- described, that it, it is nowadays hard to, distinct, to, to distinguish yourself from competitors uh, with the product only, but you can when um, the experience it is always a unique uh, in, and it's not copyable 
in, in that way. So when the product is the same, people tend to gravitate to those uh, towards those uh, experiences that they they like and please or create value for them. So service design is about creating the value and creating the experiences. So yes, I agree with your example. Custom experience yes. is the key, key yes. thing. Yes. Before we are closing this discussion, which is we can continue, of course, we could continue this uh, longer, but uh, but if you're thinking about this, uh, once again, look look a little bit uh, towards the horizon. What, what do you think? What are the key kind of uh, things that we should take into the account when 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 we are using service design? What is there something new tools are coming for us to helping? to implement the service design as a part of the organization model, something else that uh, maybe is beyond our imagination? Or, or what, what do you think, if you look at the horizon now? I would say there's no new tools or systems that we could bring, but we should change the mindset in a way that we dare to do more, like Mikael said in the beginning, and uh, dare to show the unfinished work to others in early stages and uh, and ideate from there. And uh, by questioning our our development uh, topics, for example, we avo- and discussing those in the early phase with the customer, we avoid going to the wrong directions. Mm-hmm. So dare to question and... Uh, understand the problem behind the problem good point, yeah. that is a really good point i'd like to add that if we took um perspective a bit bit longer i'd say in the upcoming years there should be definitely a somebody in the sea level that is responsible for customer experience and in 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 that way there should be kpis or some kind of metrics to measure the customer experience so it is like that organizations can prove the value of service design or design in general. Good. With these words, thank you for your time, Katriana and Suvi. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Forward Talks podcast.